<laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Dominion Sonship Life coming to you. Glory be to God. We have one more moment, one more moment together. I'm really grateful for and um we don't take these moments for granted. At least I do not take these moments for granted because I'm fully aware of um the purpose of God in this moment. I'm fully aware of the purposefulness of God in the call of God that his place within me. And so when I come here in this moment, I'm really coming before the Lord in, in pure trust and obedience to, to, to be able to express that which he has called me for and not to, not to hold back, not to stumble over my old man, but to be fully made anew, to be fully brought into a moment that is of divine utterance, a divine utterance. So we have a title today and it is The Hidden Life. Thank you. The Hidden Life. And um, the hidden life is really the life of Christ in us. The very life of God in us that we have been now indwelled with. And so let's just take the blood of Jesus over today. Let's just take the blood of Jesus over this moment. And we thank God for the utterance. We thank God for compliance in the spirit of everything lining up in accordance to the very will of God. A seizing of all opposition, a seizing of all opposition in the spirit that's out against us all, whether privately or corporately as a body of Christ, we take authority in the very name of Jesus. We take dominion in the very name of Jesus and we say that we are head. We say that we are head with Christ in God. Our life is fully preserved. The life of our loved ones is fully preserved. We take the shield of faith and we declare the victory of Jesus. We take the shield of faith and we declare the very victory of Jesus and we bring down the lower by exalting the higher. We bring down the lower by exalting the name of Jesus. Engage in this prayer moment, engage in the working of the Spirit even now and lift up the name of Jesus as a mighty banner of victory over your life. Lift up the name of Jesus as a mighty banner, as a mighty banner, as a mighty banner of the love of God for his banner over us is love. And he is Jehovah Nissi. He is my righteousness. He is my victory. He is all in all. And today we're here to proclaim the glorious the glorious news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that our lives are hid with Christ in God. And so let's go to John 15. The true vine that he is, that we now abide in. The true vine that he is, that we now abide in. And we are only spectators of his life. We are only spectators of his life. We're not spectators of flesh. We're not spectators of how the world is going and this flood of dissipation that is so, that is so evident out there. And so many, even of the brethren, are engaged with this flood. And so we pray for a disengagement, a coming out from amongst the world. A standing firm on the solid foundation of the word of God, that we are of God, that we are of God, that we are of Christ, and that we have a life that is pure. We have a life that is eternal. We have a life that is of God. We have a life, a life that is from above. We are born again. We are children of God. And so I so often meditate with the, all, my own chambers of my heart, the truth of, of Christianity, the truth of the gospel, that Jesus is the only way and that the way is narrow indeed. And really without abiding in his way, we're good for nothing. Because out of ourselves, we can do absolutely nothing. Try it out. I'm sure many of us have tried out more than just once. Sheer frustration. 
relying on an old carnal self to figure life in this hour. How is that working for you? And the word, the word is so direct. The word of God is so precise. John 15, 1, the words of Jesus, I am the true vine. The true vine. There's only one true vine. There's many other false trailing plants and plantings. But there's only one true vine. Jesus. Jesus is my true vine. And as a child of God, Jesus is your true vine. He is the true vine to this whole world, whether they believe it or not. He is the true vine. There's no other true vine. There's no other truth but the word of God. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, he says, every branch because we are in him. Every branch in me, Jesus says, that does not bear fruit. What does he do with it? Pets it a little bit longer. Oh, you poor thing, you. I get you, buddy. Oh, keep on not bearing fruit for me. Is that what Jesus is going to tell us? And yet so often we catch ourselves living with this false ideology that he gets me. He gets my idle self. He gets my lazy self. I am just too tired to get in the work today. Don't you know my business schedule? I got to make a living after all. Put food on the table. When he's always said he prepares a table before us, we're in the presence of the enemy. In the presence of that, that strife when it's to try to make a living. He feeds me. So I don't have to engage with the cares of the world. Every branch in me, he says, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. The husbandman, the vine dresser, God himself. God who is love. God who is mercy. God who is peace. God who is joy. God who is righteous. Knows the intent of our hearts. And every branch, he says, that's in him, in Jesus, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. What that means, what that means, transformation is part of the game. You go from glory to glory. And as you step into a new glory, it's because you just went under a pruning process. A death to an old way. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That it may bear more fruit. What is his, what is his desire for us? That we bear no fruit. That we live just like the world lives. We have the same cares. We gossip the same way. We live in the wide lane of the flesh. No. No. His desire for us is that we bear much fruit. And we have so many parables of faithful versus unfaithful servants. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Therefore, you don't need to live in condemnation. Because condemnation is, is a sure foundation upon which you will bear nothing for God. Because under condemnation, you are in your flesh trying to earn something from God he's already given to you. And really, that's the Holy Spirit. The enabler. Because the kingdom of God is found where? Not in the flesh and blood of my existence, but in the Holy Spirit. 
His very life is of the Spirit. You already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide. This is it. Abide in me. Remain in me. Continue in me. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Neither can you. Neither can I. Unless I abide in him. Who is he? Who is he in case we think of Jesus, a mystical little figure that walked on the shores of Galilee in this long rope with the disciples around him. But now he's no more here. He is up in heaven. He lives in me. He is the word made flesh. He is the word made flesh. He is the gift, the indescribable gift that Paul talks about of God to the Corinthians. The gift that once we receive him, we have the right to be called children of God. The word made flesh. And so when I abide in him, really I'm abiding in his word. Revealed, made flesh to me. And that's what he's going to tell us in verse 9 and 10. But let's keep going. Actually, I want to look up that in the strong concordance. John 15, 4. Remain in me. That word is remain, abide, wait for. Let's, let me read the, the Greek strong concordance of verse 4 and then I'll I'll look specifically at the word abide. Remain in me and I will remain. So as we do unto him, he, there is a return he does unto us. Who, who, who makes the first choice, by the way? It's all up to God. It's all, I can't help myself. I can't help myself. Don't you know? It's all up to God. Well, here he says, you abide in me and I will abide in you. Remain in me and I'll remain in you just as no branch, no branch can bear fruit by itself. So the key is don't stay in your old self, but come in the new self where he is in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. The new creation reality that my life is not my own anymore. My life is God's. It's only from this reality of truth revealed that we are bearing fruit for the kingdom. It can't bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So let's go to this word remain or abide in my new King James. It's the Greek word meno. 3306, and it is to stay, so unless we stay, stay put, we stay in him. Not try him out for 10 years. Not try him out for seven months. We did so good, we got it now. It's to stay, to abide, to remain. And I want to look something up a little bit more thorough this time on this word because it's it's very telling. It's from one of the Greek lexicons here in the Strong Concordance. You can look it under the Bible Hub. You can go yourself and look these things up. And so I was led that just to, to pause here for this word to remain in him, to abide in him. And so this word in the Greek, in the Greek language can be used in, in different references. And the first reference is to place, to remain in a particular place, right? And there it is inferring to sojourn, to tarry, to tarry as a guest, to lodge. There is a divine invitation given unto to us. Come unto me, all who are, what? We're in heaven laden. And so we now come with this invitation standing before us and we take our abode, we take our, our lodging, we take our placement in him, in the body of Christ. Remain. 
to tarry as a guest, to lodge, to be kept, to remain. Another, another nuance of this word in, in regards to place is not to depart, not to leave. So when he says abide, that also means don't leave me now. Don't depart. But continue to be present. Continue in the now faith is. Continue in the now God is love. Continue in now I am in his rest because I believe him now. Not yesterday, maybe tomorrow I'll believe better. He said, one of the nuances or the inferences of this word is to continue to be present. I love that. Now, another moment of this word is in regard or in relation to time, and this is to continue to be. That is not to perish Meaning you're continuing to continue to be. That is not to perish, to last, to endure. So you're continuing to be placed in him. You are outstanding every storm. You're resisting every temptation to, to move away from the confidence that you had in the word of God in the very beginning. You're continuing to stay. You are lasting and outlasting the devil's opposition against you to make you budge, to endure, to survive, to live. Mm, to live. We live in him, in him. We move and we have our being in him every moment, presently, all the time. To stand. There's a third inference of this word. It's in regard to state or condition. And there it looks like to remain as one is not to become another or different. So when he says, abide in me and I in you. And unless we abide in him, we'll bear no fruit. That word abide is to also, it also means to remain as we are in him. Not to become another or different. Not to imitate someone else's gift because sister so and so prays so good. Because brother so and so has a pulpit ministry. Abide in the calling that he's called you within himself. Be found faithful to the call. Another word for that regarding state or condition, I believe. Oh, no, this is a, a separate moment, but it's again the same word, abide. It is to wait for, await for one. To await, to what I, I just did a dominion talk to watch for him. Make no movement without that lead of the spirit. So abiding in him is, looks like to be solely led by the Holy Spirit. To wait on the instruction of the spirit. And that's not an idol sitting on your chair for days on end. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Should I go to work? I'll go to work. He's leading you. He's leading you in peace. He's always leading you through the empire of that peace that's within you, in your heart. Together with, you don't need a new saying over something he's already told you. He doesn't change his mind. And so remain in the word he's given you. Abide in him. Now we can go to verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. Take note of your placement. You're not the vine. You're the branch placed in the vine. You're solely dependent on the life that's found in the vine. A branch outside of the vine cannot live. 
Where is live found for you? We just said, read one of the words for abide is to live. Where is to live for you found? To live for you and I in Christ is only found in the true vine in Christ. I am divine. You see, we don't have a right to our own little opinion. What we think Christianity is and what we think is acceptable to God and what we think grace covers and doesn't cover. What does the word cover? Christianity is the most powerful expression of truth on earth or in the universe. The most truth, truth, truth himself, our God. His word is truth. His word is light. The entrance of his word brings forth light. And we as Christians have become so comatose. The world has done a good job on so many of us to dull our senses. And this is the hour to wake up to the reality of Christianity. That we are children of God. That we are called into this place of abiding in the true vine. That we cannot live outside of the life that we have in the vine. The power that we have access to in this vine. Miracle working dunamis power, the working of the Spirit Himself. He is the very life force of God. And we live as mere humans, fretting, fretting. Last Sunday in the message, I, I listened to it two or three, three times, three times. I edited it once and then I heard it three times after that. For my own benefit, do not worry, Desi. Do not worry, Desi. And we know the enemy always comes to steal the word. To weaken us. And so you've got to contend with the message that you were entrusted. That's what abiding looks like, by the way. And contending to stay put in the place when he's placed you in himself. Not how you feel, how I don't feel. Feelings. Actually, I, I, I did a, a class at the gym just this past week, and the instructor said something quite profound. She was having a bit of an issue with the phone and, and, and setting up and queuing up her little playlist there. And um, you could see that she was getting a bit frustrated because he wasn't cooperating with her. And sometimes these things don't like to cooperate with us, but we make them cooperate <laughs> by not being budged. And so she just refused to be budged. And she said something. She said, we don't have to have feelings about everything. You don't have to have feelings about everything. How you feel, I don't feel this. I don't like this. I really like this. You don't have to have feelings about everything. Actually, we call to, we call to what? To abide in his life alone. To have his feelings of compassion towards another. To be moved by the bounds of mercy towards another. To be a life-giving spirit to another. To encourage the brethren. To be a hope giver. To be a life giver. I am divine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, again, that word continue in him, remains in him, is placed in him, and continues the placement in him. <laughs> and I in him bears much fruit, in case we missed it the first time he said it. For without me, you can do nothing. Oh, we quote it so quickly, so quickly on our lips it comes. As soon as it's on our lips and we forget about it, guess what we're doing? Things in our own again. The worry, the anxiousness of mind. 
But no, myself, I can do nothing. It's time to line up truth within us and to comply to truth, to comply to his nature. To cease from this carnal striving of figure out and to trust the living God. To come back to the childlike faith of trusting him. Because the title for today is I have it in touch from Colossians 3.3. 3. That my life is hidden in him. I'm fully his. But you see, I want to read John 15 because before I go to Colossians 3.3, because when we say my, my life is hidden uh, with Christ in God, we just take it as an automatic statement. I do nothing then. But here there's a placement that we're to keep in him. A continuance to abide, a continuance to believe, a continuance not to worry. Because of ourselves, we can't do nothing, which tells me I can try to do some things. I could try to uncover my life by living in the flesh and be devoured fully. Or I can trust the living word Christ, the one I'm abiding in. And then my life is hid from the adversary and Satan's got nothing on me. Fully kept by the power of God because I believe. Look at verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is what? Cast out as a branch and is withered. There is perishing. And they, uh, yeah, here we go, these verses. And they got, what you going to do with these verses? And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burnt. If you abide in me though, hey, if you abide, make the choice today, I abide in his word. If you abide in me and my words, his word is hidden in my heart, then in turn my life is hidden in him. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So often I've been in circles where the emphasis of that verse is ask whatever you desire will be done for you. But there's the first moment in verse 7. If, if you abide in me, meaning it's no longer I and Desi. Desi's little desires. But it's him I'm living. I'm just a branch receiving of his life from the true vine. The desire is coming out of that life of God that's found in the true vine. What does that desire look like? That he fully reflect himself through me. That I bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. What does that fruit going to look like? According to the call of God he's called me in. Just as he's called me with the call of God, I, I am to be found faithful to the call of God. If I'm called to be mom at home, but I think that's not a, 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 a worthy call. I want to be, uh, I don't know, a missionary out, out to Africa. And I said, sail to Africa. I'm not in his perfect will. Because I am to one of the words for abide was what? To, to remain as one is not to become another or different. We are fitly joined together in the body of Christ. We apportioned so. He's handpicked our placement in the body of Christ. Christ. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, by this, my Father is glorified. That you bear much fruit. What brings God the glory? You bearing fruit for the kingdom. 
Not you in some little corner doing your own little thing and calling yourself a Christian. By bearing fruit for the kingdom. So you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. See, when we abide in this placement that we have in Christ, we are drinking of his love and acceptance. Where freedom is. Freedom to be loved by God. Freedom to be accepted by God. Freedom to know that you are called for a time such as now. Freedom to know you always be kept in this vine. And yes, your desire is to be conformed to his image. Therefore, there will be pruning. Therefore, there will be transformation because you don't want the alternative to be cut off and thrown and wither and burnt in the fire. Simple. Simple choice. It's A or B. Not A and B together. And look what that looks like to abide in his love. Look what that looks like if you keep my commandments. And isn't that what he said? If you love me, you keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Not my little thoughts. What I think is right. Because it doesn't feel right, then it's wrong. What the world tells me is right. Because God loves me and I live in his love, so I, I can do whatever I want to do. No, very specific, narrow is the way. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. What's what tough messages. I recognize they're tough messages. But you know, maybe they come from my moment of wanting to be accountable to God. Because we're living in the very last hour. And we don't know the exact hour of his return. We don't know that. But we know he's coming soon. And we are called to be a light. We are called to stand out. And to stand out is what it looks like to abide in Christ. We can't conform to the world, but we're to what? Be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Just as he was, just as I, Jesus says, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. He's not asking us to do something that he did not have to do. These things I've spoken to you. Why is he saying it? To make you cry. Make you cry sometimes. It makes me want to cry. Because my old self is as stubborn as your old self. But we have to quickly disengage with that. There's no life there. My life is found in the true vine. Where joy is. Where hope resides. Where the call of God is alive. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. And he talks about walking in the love of God towards one another because no, verse 13, great love, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And that we are now his friends because he's made a full disclosure of, um, of the father to us. Verse 16, I love 16. You did not choose me. What great peace and comfort I have in this verse. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit 
Why did he choose us and appoint us? Yes, to be his very own. So that, so that we go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that your fruit should remain, should not be tarnished. So it would not be something that is of earth where moths can destroy it. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Everything lining up with the call of God. Full provision for that call of God you're called into. The most glorious life you ever live on earth is in this calling of God. To be here so you bear fruit for the kingdom. These things I command you that you love one another. Look at verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So why why worry? Why be budged by that? You walk as your master. I want to be like Jesus. I want to walk like Jesus. I want to I want to be seen as Jesus. Well, he suffered persecution. Truth says his word is truth, right? Truth said he was hated. Look at that word hated. It doesn't mean he was liked, but a little bit disliked. He was hated. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Hmm. And right now there's such pressure to conform to the world so you'd be accepted. But you have to make the choice. He has made for you because he chose to bear fruit. He chose to abide in the vine because don't forget what we just read. He said, I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. He just told you the only place you can bear the fruit from is if you abide in him. Don't go around and God, don't go running out in your own little creative ideas and blend with the world. And call it evangelism. If you are led, if you are led into evangelism, you would know it. And that, that would be a full keeping and no compromise to Christ's walk on earth. Where you will stand out in the crowd. And you will bear persecution for Christ's sake. Hmm. Because look, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, we're not of the world. But I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. In case we missed it the first time, he said, said it again. Remember the word that I said to you. Remember the word that I said to you. Remember the word he is saying to you right now. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake. Because they do not know him who sent me. Now you see the context of why he's saying abide in me. There will be great pressure for you to exit the place of the abiding. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now, but now, since he's spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. No excuse for their sin. Don't excuse someone's sin or your own sin. There's no excuse for sin. He who hates me hates my father also. Mm -mm. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now, but now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in the law. They hated me without a cause. He had to fulfill that word. 
They hate me without a cause. He had to fulfill that word. He laid down his life in full compliance to the will of God to be an ultimate fulfillment, a pure, a pure atonement of sin for us. And we are his servants now to do as our master did. Narrow is the way. So now we can go to Colossians 3. Because see, Paul walked this way. He knew what he was entrusted with. Paul, the apostle Paul, knew what he was entrusted with. Actually, uh, since we're in Colossians, um, in, in chapter 1, in chapter 1, verse 24, he followed in the footsteps of his master. Colossians 1, 24. After he says in verse 23 that, that we are, we are part of his body, and through, 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 through his, through being a part of his body, that we are now blameless and holy in the sight of God. That's the end of verse 22. You can read for yourself. And then in verse 23, if indeed you continue in the faith, continue, keep your bold. See, in Jude, it talks about the angels who did not keep their bold in heaven because of the great deceiver, Satan. And they were cast down. But you and I, we make a choice to continue in the faith. Grounded and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel, just like Jesus wasn't moved away. Just like Jesus kept the course. Paul is going to say he too is keeping the course. Not moved away from the, from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature in the heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. And here we go in verse 24. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. What? Oh. And fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body. For the sake of his body. He's fulfilling what, what Jesus said to love one another. To greater love. It, um, in John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Here, here Paul is saying, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. And fill in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ it, for the sake of his body, which is the church, which is the church, his body. The most precious place on earth is the church, his body. The true church that abides in the true vine. Paul says, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, just like Jesus had to fulfill the word of God. Paul is penning here to the Colossians that he too is fulfilling the word of God. This is what abiding in the word looks like, a fulfilling of his commandment for my life. Narrow places we're called into. And sometimes there are tears in these moments where you are reckoning yourself dead once again. And you know one thing, forgetting what was, and you keep pressing in that forward press for which he has attained you for. You're attaining unto that for which he has attained you for. To abide in the true vine. To be his disciple indeed. Paul, verse 26, he knew the call of God, what it looked like to fulfill the word of God in his life. It was the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations. He was called to preach the mysteries of Christ. But now has been revealed to his saints, to them God 
willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery. And Paul penned a lot of this glory of this mystery that you and I as the saints of God have the privilege to read in these epistles. How you reading the epistles? To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is which is not the way of the world which is not my carnal nature how God gets it. No, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach. Not, not the current, the current philosophy thoughts of the world. Just get along. Just get along. Conform to that which is popular. Otherwise, we wouldn't like you and we reject you. And maybe even jail you. Him we preach, warning every man. Warning. He's saying, Him we preach. Christ in, in us, the hope of glory. Paul was called to preach. But the very next moment of this preaching looks like a warning. Mm-mm-mm. Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. And here, I love this verse because it shows the partnership of me willing to do the will of the Spirit for my life. An engagement with the Spirit, which he works in me mightily. Actually, since I'm talking about Paul, I have to go to the book of Acts, chapter 20. What it looks like, my life hidden with him. What it looks like, the preaching of this gospel of Christ, the mysteries of Christ, what it looked like for Paul. What it looked like for Paul. Acts 20 from 17 on from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church and when they had come to him he said to them these elders of the of from from Ephesus came to him and when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. Serving the Lord, this is the manner he lived before them. Serving the Lord with all humility. This is what it looks like for my life to be hid in Christ, to abide in him alone. Serving the Lord with all humility to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me. If they hated Jesus the Master, surely will not be above our Master and not suffer the persecution of the cross. Actually, Paul very sternly talks about that as well. Where was it? Was it Galatians? Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. Please. Kiribasu Numa. Yeah. Uh, at the end of Galatians 6, there from 11 onwards, you can read about refusing to suffer the persecution for, for the sake of the cross of Christ. But we are disciples and we can't, we cannot run away from it and still abide in the vine. We can't depart the vine and bear fruit for the kingdom, right? So verse 19 again, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews that hated him. How I kept back nothing that was helpful. He refused to get bitter. But proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly, preaching him 
Warning. Is that what he said? What it looked like to preach him with warnings and instructions? Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. So here he's referring to that. But proclaimed to, to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, publicly from house to house. He didn't shy away. Publicly from house to house he went. Testifying to Jews, he was not afraid of persecution. He didn't go hiding because his life was hid in Christ. Testifying to Jews and also to Greeks. Repentance, this is what he was testifying. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing not knowing the things that will happen to me there. But the call of God was leading him there. Abiding in Christ looked like that for him there. To go to Jerusalem when many, many even with tears tried to hold him back. But look what he was privy by the Holy Spirit who leads us into truth, the spirit of truth, privit Paul to something in verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, in every city, not just once he said it to Paul, in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me. The chains and tribulations await me, staggering to the thought of the unrenewed mind. And yet he went, and actually that word, chains and tribulations, await me. That word is the word abide, remain. The Greek word that we just looked at in John 15, 4. What was that Greek word? The number, meno, was it? Yeah, 3306. The Holy Spirit was telling him, in displacement in Christ for Paul the Apostle. And I recognize it was called the most glorious assignment to proclaim such mysteries unheard of. They were hid through the ages of time. I'm not saying all of us go out there and, and, and be killed. I'm not saying that. I'm bringing a, a reality check of what do we believe. Just because we live in an hour that, that, that is just so polarized against Christianity. We're not to weigh in our passion for him. We're not to hinder the zeal we have for him. And the proclaiming of truth in an hour of such deception. Because Jesus, what fulfilling the word of God, which word he fulfilled? That they're going to hate him without cause. Paul fulfilled it too. We know Peter fulfilled it. John the apostle fulfilled it. I don't know what it looks like for you or for I. Like even Paul said, I'm not fully, I don't know what's going to happen to me there in Jerusalem, but the Spirit has spoken to him. The chains and tribulations await him. But look at verse 24. But none of these things move me. Ha, ha, ha. Whatever he's saying. I'm abiding in the living vine, in the true vine. And about my father's business to bear fruit for the kingdom. None of these things move me. What kind of a persuasion of faith was within this man of God? He says, I'm attaining to it. I haven't attained yet in Philippians 3. But I'm pressing. Let us be as Paul in, found in this press. In this press of faith, to be just like our master. Not in word only, but one heart, the very mind of Christ. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to me. How did they overcome Satan? John writes in the book of Revelation. One of the ways they didn't love their life unto death. Through the blood of Christ, the word of testimony, and in this very moment right here. What Paul says, nor do I count my life dear to myself. 
so that I may finish my race with joy. That's what Jesus said in John 15. I say these things to you so that I've spoken these things to you that may joy, my joy, my joy, his joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. You see, we're seeing it in the life of Paul. I've got two cameras, so mine's my life there. So if I'm kind of all over the place, that's fine. So I may finish my race with joy. So I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus Christ who appointed me to bear fruit for him. Which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. The grace of God that while we're, while we're yet sinners, he died for us because he loved us. That I now through the blood of Christ have a conscience that is pure before my master. That I'm now a brand new creation. That Christ in me is the hope of glory. That it's no longer the outer man with the ouches and the trepidations. But it's the Christ nature that I now live life from this hidden man of the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A blaze for him. Having counted the cost. Yeah. Paul did not count his life dear to himself. Are you counting your life dear to yourself? I've had to ask that question to myself. Because we're given account for this life is given to us. It's no longer our life. See, we are a branch that's been planted. In that true vine. We've actually, Romans tells us, both Romans, that we've been grafted in. Pure grace and mercy divine for us who are born outside of the covenant of God to be grafted in. In Christ, in his body, because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through faith in Christ alone, a justification of a right standing only on the basis of faith. Because I believe Philippians, sorry, Colossians 3, we've got to read that verse. Colossians 3, 3. Actually, let's go to 3, 1. If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things. You see, it's in that which you seek. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else will be added to you. And we also read, uh, it was last, last Sunday's message about not to worry about your life and lose heart. We went to Luke 12 and we said that um, we're not to seek after what we're going to wear. We're not to worry about what we're going to wear, what we're going to eat. Because the Gentiles, the heathen, they seek after those things. But we are here coming back to what we are supposed to seek as those that are born again. Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind, you, you set your own mind as I have to set my own mind. Oh, I, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. This is it for you died. For you died. So everything I read is because we have died. Paul knew he died on the road of Damascus. He died. He became born again. A new creation with a purged conscience. So much so that in Acts 20, what does he say in Acts 20 there? I didn't read it. In verse 26, therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Purge conscience. And yet he persecuted the church of Christ in his own man. But you see, that man is not living anymore, dead. For you are what? You died and 
your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's my message today. For you died. For you died, Desi. I say it to me. Uh, Desi, you died. Desi, you died and your life, Desi, is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, who is your life? Christ, who is your life, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We're going to continue next Sunday from here. Amen. We're done. Thank you. Praise God.